Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Marinci. Rage all you want. Level 3. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. And the Olympics have begun. Team USA women's softball wins 2-0 over Italy. Big deal. They were laying nine and a half. <laughs> Big deal. They were laying nine and a half. So, um, yeah, what, 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 what are you going to do? But we did hit the Milwaukee Bucks. And you know what? Hey, we're hardcore. We started off with the women's softball here because whatever. It was after the, the basketball. But uh, Giannis goes off for 50 points. You already know that. You already know. We told you. Bucks in six, baby. And I don't care. Like I said, we throw these picks out there. We get ripped if we're wrong, and we get no credit if we're right. But I don't care because we're making money, and it's all that matters. And now we just flipped over some of this money because I thought McInnes' breakdown was very convincing. Listen, I think the same thing. A lot of these Olympic events, um, a lot of these Olympic events, there's only a couple of countries that can win. They're kind of on a collision course. But uh, we got Jay Jaffe coming up, so let's set it to L.A. right now. Our main man, Crash, Nate, steps up and then via the pipelines. What's going on, Crash? How you doing tonight? Hey, I'm good. What's up, Gabe? Just, uh, just chilling. Yeah. Good stuff, Crash. So what's on your mind, buddy? Uh, nothing, man. Just wanted to uh, give a call in and, you know, shout out the, the Bucks uh, on, you know, the win. I, was, I got to see a decent amount of uh, tonight's game. And, you know, what can you say? I mean, they really... Brought it, and uh, I'm glad they did. I was pulling for them, you know, and didn't have any skin in it, but good stuff, you know. Well, I'm glad I'm glad they did because I, I won. That's why I'm glad. <laughs> and listen, Giannis is a good right. guy. Gian, Giannis is a good guy. So, you know, it's hard yeah. not to be happy for him. Not that Phoenix. I got no beef against Phoenix. Monty Williams is probably the nicest guy in basketball, actually. But you know what? It's it's not about uh, who's the nicest guy. It's about who the best team is in the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, they were the better team yeah. at that. You know, they got hot at the right time. Like Phoenix, yeah. we always talk about teams in sports peaking too early. Phoenix peaked a little mm-hmm. bit too early. They were like dominant. Everything was perfect. It was great. And then it was like, oh, it's almost impossible to play that well for that long. You know, I, that's, I think that's something that, uh, that could be said uh, for them. They just, they played so great through the playoffs, but it was just hard to keep it up at that level uh, for four playoff rounds, Crash. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I kind of – my thing I saw kind of early on was, um, you know, not that other teams can't have that uh, happen, but I just saw that they can really get exposed in their uh, paint game down under and just get them – just beat them up down there, and they just can't do it when it comes down to it. They had a couple moments, a couple games where they were – Defense was pretty good, or really good, but uh, you know that, that that was that to me was just the mo. Just stay inside as much as possible. Don't try to shoot these stupid threes and all that that all these teams want to do anymore. Yeah, well, that was just a good point. So listen, uh, Crash, are you, are you done your bender? 
post-pandemic, I know you went pretty hard. You sound you sound pretty sober tonight, actually. So what, your bender done? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, a portion of it, but, you know, I'm still having fun and still doing a lot of music. Everything's good. I'm just uh, back on work, so I have to stay cool, you know? Uh, shout out to our AM radio affiliates. I am Gabriel Morenci. Shout out to Crash in uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, so you guys know what uh, went down this evening. Giannis is great. That's what what happened. And we're just discussing the Phoenix Suns. You know, people can talk about Chris Paul. Chris Paul stepped up tonight, right? Chris Paul stepped up. Devin Booker. It's not really so much about uh, about blame. Um, it's not so much about blame. It's about the Milwaukee Bucks just uh, just getting it done. And Giannis did get it done. Thanks, uh, Crash, uh, in Los Angeles. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> means, uh, let, yeah, it means let him go, Matthias. Thank you, Crash. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Trying to start the intro here, guys. Got, yep, yep, yep. In the background. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Love you, Crash, but thank you. Uh, all right, man. So um, the Milwaukee Bucks. That's why we, you know, we go to the phone lines. It's just like, eh, it gets sloppy. You know what I'm saying? It, it, get, it gets sloppy. It's like Jim Rome said, more of me, less of everyone's better. And we love Crash. But uh, it got sloppy. We had to try to squeeze him in here. But you got to get in and out, Crash, right? We don't want to hear about you going back to work. All right? That's good. Once someone starts telling us about, oh, I'm going to work, I'm like, I'm like listen, you got to get a girlfriend, bro. All right? Tell your girlfriend you're going to work. Come in with a hot take. We love Crash. Uh, I want Crash to still be on his bender, actually. And the reason Crash is called Crash, he likes to break things. Um, so, speaking of breaking things, uh, Giannis breaks all kinds of records. And, and guy scores 50 points tonight. And you can tell how happy he was. He knew. That's the cool thing about this guy. Like, when, when he was asked earlier, and they were like, oh, do you hear the Phoenix uh, fans counting? A lot of guys, oh, no, I tune that stuff out. He said, how the hell would I not hear? There's 20,000 people yelling. He goes, of course I hear them, right? <laughs> uh, he goes, uh, of course of course I hear them. Uh, but I like Giannis' reaction when he scored the 50th point. You could tell it meant a lot. Like, think about it. You're at 49. Look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant missed that free throw in the playoffs to get the 50, right? Giannis knew, bro. I'm at 49. Nobody cares. I got to get the 50. I get to 50, and I join LeBron, I join Jordan. I don't think he knew the stats. Hey, Jaffe, next. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204.
But like I said, the management class continues to get sports rage. I had Nimble Moran to a kick in it on the Sports Grid Radio Network Series XM Channel 204. Let's talk baseball was one of the best in the business. Not only one of the smartest guys in the business, but uh, for my money, one of the funniest uh, Twitter follows as well. Jay Jaffe, Fangraph, steps up and in. Uh, Jay underscore Jaffe on Twitter. Jay, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How you doing? We're doing great, Jay. So I really enjoyed your Twitter account uh, today, and I loved your tweet to uh, CNN's Jim Scudo, uh, who said, "Excuse my mostly incurable optimism, but could, could two successful private space launches in nine days be something all Americans rally around together?" And Jay responded, "This ain't it, pal." <laughs> and I think it just goes to show. Like, I don't care, right-wing media, left-wing media, this media, that media, they're all just out of touch, bro. <laughs> like, like, for this guy to yeah. tweet this, it just shows how to, how to touch, out of reality it really is. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody I don't think anybody gains anything from watching these billionaires just burn money when we've got pressing problems that they could be using their money to, to help uh, uh, fund private solutions for. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Jay, and not to be selfish here, first four problems, but I'm watching uh, Bezos talk about, I want to thank the customers and my workers. And I ordered a Josh Allen autographed helmet like two and a half weeks ago through Amazon. Still not here. Uh, I mean, still not here. So I'm thinking, how about you get me my damn helmet instead of worrying about uh, going to space? But nevertheless, uh, don't get me started. I want to get into baseball. But, uh, man, last year, bro, Richard Branson wanted money from the British and U.S. um, government, basically. You know what I mean? Like during the, the pandemic. Oh, my business. I'll never survive. And then here he is going to space and stuff. Yeah, whatever. Um, I like to, in baseball terms, I like to go, uh, you know, some high heat here. I'd go Don Drysdale on all their asses here, Jay. Say, Don, right. do you ever intentionally walk anyone? No, why waste three pitches? Just hit them, right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I would do, Jay. So let me ask you, Jay, I'm really fired up about this year's baseball season. I've really enjoyed it. There was a lot of complaining early about, oh, there's no balls in play and there's too many strikeouts. Then they cracked down on the pitchers. Now we've got football scores uh, being put up, but I have enjoyed the season, but first question, was it an overreaction cracking down on on the substances with the pitchers? Was it really that much out of control, and are there that many runs being scored right now because of the crackdown, or is this just all happening organically every year, and was it an overreaction, in your opinion, Jay, to crack down? I don't think it was an overreaction. I mean, at the time, batting averages were lower than they've ever been uh, at the major league level, and, and you know, we're still not, not quite out of the woods here, but we're at least not no longer in 1968 territory. The major league batting average is up to 241. Um, you know, we've seen more scoring, uh, I think, in part due to the crackdown on the spin stuff, in part because we've had a lot of hot temperatures and the ball just yeah. carries further in hot temperatures. So, you know, it's, it's very tough to get, a, you know, to get a perfectly controlled experiment. But I don't think it was an overreaction. I think you, you, you the, the sense in the game, uh, talking to the hitters and, and and looking at the metrics on the spin is that uh, you know this had taken this into territory that we'd never seen before, and it wasn't happening happening naturally. It was it was uh, uh, with the aid of these substances. Now I don't think I think there's probably a middle ground to allow uh, pitchers yeah. to have some substance to to make sure that they can uh, get a grip on the ball. But you know not everybody was using it for that purposes. Some some you know were using it for uh, to gain a competitive advantage, and I think that's what that's what this was aimed at. It's a very broad solution, and again, um, you know, as with the science, illegal sign stealing situation, as with the PED situation, uh, this was Major League Baseball failing to enforce its rules, uh, existing rules, um, you know, and instead uh, having having to take a, a, a very reactive approach, and, and in doing so, uh, vilify you know some of its top players. But uh, um, you know, I think in this case, it it, it, it certainly uh, seems to have helped and, and maybe not a moment too soon. I I prefer cracking down than moving the mound back. How did you feel about the talk of moving the mound back? Are you for or against that in the future? I, I'm not wild about the idea. I'm interested, you know, I'm, I have to admit I'm somewhat interested to see how it plays out in the Atlantic League, I'm, but, yeah. but I'm very nervous because you've got guys that have been throwing this distance, even even if you're talking about, a, you know, a 24-year-old pitcher, you're talking about a guy who's been throwing at this distance for, you know, for almost 10 years. Um, I worry about the injuries, uh, the potential for injuries. I worry about the difficulties of control. Um, even if you are getting better movement, it's it's a 
uh, it's something that's going to take a lot longer to sort out. And as a student of baseball history, you know, I know that when you go back to when when Major League, when, you know, when the National League and the American League, or sorry, the National League moved the mound back to to sixty foot six in eighteen ninety three, it weeded out a whole lot of players. There were careers yeah. that were ended by that move, <laughs> and uh, you know, new careers took off. It was a it was a a, a massive break in the way that the baseball was played. So, I mean, listen, I'm not, I think a lot of this stuff is too smart for me in a sense, but I was reading and I was looking at some some graphs as far as launch angles are concerned. And, you know, I've heard the term a lot, but I, you know, really seeing the graphs and to put it in perspective that if you hit a ball with 110 mile an hour velocity rate and a 29 degree uh, launch angle, it's guaranteed to be a home run. And then conversely, 100 miles and 29 degrees. So my deal is just if players, and I remember I spoke to a player years ago about this that was a good hitter. It was Brad Wilkerson. So you remember Brad Wilkerson? He was a good hitter. You know, 275 type guy, 280, you know, center fielder with the Expos. I was doing the games there, and I, you know, I was buddies with him, and he hit like 20 home runs. And then the next year, uh, Jay, he was a different hitter. He was basically, you know, swinging for the fences all the time. And point blank, he told me, he goes, my agent told me, listen, if I can get to 25 and 30, I'm really going to make money. So where I'm going with this is just, if all these guys are so preoccupied with hitting home runs and launch angles right now, I just don't want to keep changing the rules because they're changing their approach in the plate. You know what I mean? That's the way I yeah. sort of looked at it. You, you get my point? Yeah, I do. And, and you know, we, we've come to a point really over the last several years where the incentives for hitting the ball in the air were greater than ever because this ball, yeah. you know, that, that, that Major League Baseball had produced uh, in conjunction with Rawlings was, was carrying further. And you're right, there is going to be, we are, I think we are going to see some, you know, some amount of a correction there. I think we're already seeing it a little bit. We've seen, you know, a lot of top home run hitting teams from, from the last couple of years are really struggling. The Yankees for one, uh, the Twins are another. Yeah. You know, teams that that uh, uh, maybe got too you know too homer happy, um, you know, are are aren't, aren't finding other ways to produce, and, and individual players that make up those teams uh, in particular. But um, you know, at the same time, having home run records broken year after year kind of devalues that, and and I think we need to find you know this game needs to find an equilibrium, and and I think that's that's really what we're looking for. I think I think that's exactly right. You know, the 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 correct balance as we're in conversation with Jay Jaffe. So let me ask you, Jay. I saw you tweet about this. Did they really use balls from 2019 in the Dodger game the other night? I I, I have absolutely no evidence to suggest that. I really don't. Because with baseball, with baseball, I don't know, Jay. You know what I mean? Every day, I don't know. I, have, I mean, they use they use different balls in the spring training, right? They're like, no, no, we're going to use different balls when the season starts. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why would you test them now? So I don't know, Jay. I was like, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, I, that was that was said completely tongue in cheek. Okay. There were, there were a few. Slug, there were a few slugfests at the time. There was there was the you know those four home runs in the first inning of the, of, of the uh, Dodgers Giants game. There were also a couple games where there were like eight runs scored in the first inning and just you know very lopsided scores and and it just seemed all of a sudden and it probably has like I said it had there was, okay it's the Nationals the Nationals had had gone up ten nothing uh, in what what became an eighteen to one game. The Red Sox had gone eleven nothing in in what became a thirteen to four game and then you had that Mets fifteen eleven game. I mean I was totally joking. But, you know, and maybe it was just the high temperatures. But, uh, um, you know, we had runs galore yesterday. Um, I'd have to think it was one of the top scoring days of the season. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware, Jay, as a betting man, as somebody that bet the under in the Detroit Tiger game with Mize and Gibson. It was looking good all game, too. I tell you what, the Tigers, they just wouldn't stop scoring. It was killing me. It was right. killing me. I did cash a ticket with the Oakland Athletics uh, against uh, Shohei Otani. So listen, uh, one more segment with Jay, and we'll talk trade deadline coming up. We'll get his thoughts on the division chases. Uh, the late-night angle man for class continue. This is Sports Race. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Sports Late Fight Night continues. Sirius XM Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, as well as our digital video platforms. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're kicking it with Jay Jaffe, the great Jay Jaffe. Fangrass in the house. So, Jay, I'm excited uh, right now for the pennant uh, chases here. Uh, we've got some competitive divisions, some surprise teams. So let me ask you, between, let's say, the Mets, the Red Sox, and the Giants, Who's most vulnerable? Like, who's the first-place team that you think is like, you know what, they're hanging on right now by a thread, and it's a matter of weeks before somebody passes them? Is it Boston? Is it the Mets? San Francisco? You know, what, what do you think about uh, what do you think about how it's going to play out? I think San Francisco is, is the most vulnerable because the Dodgers and Padres are both very good. You got three teams in that division that are that are going to win upwards of 90, 92 games. Um, you know, the, the the Giants have, have played great baseball. They've played over their heads. I'm still not sure I believe it, but we've seen just about all of their old guys who have, um, you know, turned turned in really nice bounce-back seasons have gotten hurt at some point. Buster yeah. Posey, Brandon Belt. Um, Longoria, uh, Evan Longoria, and now and now and now Brandon Crawford just hit the injured list. Uh, you know, I, I, you just don't have any guarantee that these guys are going to keep doing it. Um, uh, you know, I think that the Dodgers, despite the fact that they have that they're kind of scrambling in their you know to, to fill out the rotation right now and are debuting their rookie uh, uh, top prospect Josiah Gray tonight. Um, I, you know, I think this is a team. They obviously have the resources to go out and get whatever they need. Um, you know, even if Trevor Bauer doesn't come back and throw a pitch for them, I think they're going to be fine. Um, you know, the, I think the, the Red Sox are a little bit vulnerable. I, I do have some concerns about the rotation, but Chris Sale is on the way back. Um, the Mets, oh boy, the, the injuries the Mets are sustaining. <laughs> you know, losing losing Francisco Lindor, we saw the uh, uh, we saw the fallout for that last night. Uh, uh, Luis Guillorme making three errors, just tough, tough, tough day at the office for him. Um, you know, he's he's actually a pretty solid villain, but he just had a bad day. Uh, but you know, with, between that and concerns that, that about uh, uh, Jacob Degrom, who I think is just you know they they probably should have cooled him off a lot sooner than this. Um, Given all the other other minor ailments he's experienced, I you know I think they're vulnerable too. But boy, the Phillies and the Braves and the Nationals are all just so mediocre. I don't see anybody ca- I, like I, I still think it's less likely that somebody catches them than it is that you've got the you know the Dodgers and Padres, both strong teams, uh, chasing after the Giants. Yeah, it's one of those classic. Yeah, we're not perfect, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> right type of deal. Right. Yeah, right. I, I I get that. San Francisco is amazing to me. Which I think I'd like to look at the I like to look at the average age of their roster and look at the mm-hmm. U.S. Olympic team roster and see who's older. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, no, no, like honestly, Jay, I bet you it's pretty damn close, bro. I bet you it's pretty close. I'd be like, wow, I bet you're kinda, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of right. kind of close here. Uh, any enthusiasm, Jay, for the Olympic uh, baseball in your? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You like it? I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty negative about the Olympics, but I will watch Olympic baseball. Um, and I, and I, I think it's kind of a neat, a neat mix. It's, it's cool to see, um, you know, some of these aging veterans uh, really jazzed up to represent their country. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe give themselves a last hurrah, set themselves up for a late pickup. Uh, you know, guys like David Robinson, Todd Frazier. Uh, there's a few others in there. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it. So, certainly, you know, the chance to see uh, Japan's team and some of these other international exactly. teams. Exactly. This, this isn't something. This isn't something we get every day. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, the Japanese league, of course, we know how great it is, and they, they shut their league down. They're taking this extremely seriously. So let me ask you about Steve Cohen and the Mets, because, you know, it's hard not to like him. He's enthusiastic. It sort of reminds me of a Steve, Ball, Steve Ballmer type. Uh, you know, he was a minority owner before, but now he's got control. Is this Was this right or wrong of him? If you're the owner of a team, should you go on Twitter and say, let's play GM, make a trade now and pay a big price, or wait until closer to the deadline and pay a reasonable price? It's kind of strange for an owner to be tweeting that. That's more of a fan. You know, I, I, it is, it is, I think it is pretty silly, but I, I think the Mets do know what they're what I do think the Mets do have an idea of what they're doing. It sounds Are like they all in? To go, yeah, I think they're all in. I think they're going to go get it. They're going to go get a starting pitcher. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty aggressive in that regard. Um, you know, look, I think uh, I've, I've, I've been pretty nitpicky about about the the approach they've taken to their roster, but the fact that they you know went and extended Francisco Lindor, um, you know, and they filled uh, some you know many of their other needs with uh, uh, you know whatever they you know the, the top talents that were available, hey, you know, I think hey look they dodged the bullet on Trevor Bauer. I'm I'm uh, um, you know I, I can't kick them for that, and I liked the Carrasco deal at the time. It just hasn't worked out you know due to injuries, but. Uh, um, I, you know, I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they're, and you know, I think that what, whatever anybody responds on Twitter to, to that to that tweet is not going to have an effect on what they're <laughs> But you know, but it's I'll, I'll credit Cohen. He is, you know, he's trying to have fun with this. He's trying to make the fans feel as though their voices are being heard. And that yeah. after yeah, you know, exactly. the, the Mets organization has been run by the Wilpons is not is not a bad thing. You know, with, let's, let's, I think I think for the most part we should all lighten up and just let let them have their fun. Let let them have this. I, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I think he's I great. Think I think, I think it's better for the game. I think this is better. Yeah, I think this is better for the game uh, in the long run. So who's a player? Like we hear about Chris Bryant a lot. There's Max Scherzer. You know, Kyle Gibson's interesting because he doesn't make a lot of money. He got lit up last night, but I don't think that'll deter uh, general managers. But in your opinion, Jay, who's a player that you like that you believe is on the market that could be a game changer for a franchise? Yeah, you know, I look at I look at Chris Bryant, I look at Max Scherzer, those you know two guys you just named, and and those are probably the top pitcher and the top hitter available at the deadline. Um, you know, with Scherzer, you know, Scott Boris has hinted that he's going to need to agree to an extension, uh, yeah. you know, a contract extension for for a deal to go through. But hey, I mean, if you're getting Max Scherzer for two months and you don't want him for 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 two more years, I what do you what are you doing? You know, yes, you should want Max Scherzer. Yes, you should be willing to pay Max Scherzer good money. You're already going to be paying him good money. You might as well keep him around. So do the Dodgers uh, say, hey, we'll bring him in since we gave money to Bauer and Bauer's not here anymore? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a, that's a that's a plausible scenario, um, you know. But Scherzer has the power to kind of dictate where he wants to go too, uh, because he's got those ten and five rights to re- reject any deal. Um, so those are those are two guys that I, that I look at. I think Javi Baez, as inconsistent as he is, as much as I don't particularly love his approach at the plate, the fact that he can you know play multiple positions could could really help a team. Uh, he's a plus fielder, you know, even at shortstop, he'll help you at second base. He could even play third in a pinch. I think that's a guy who who also could be, uh, you know, a, a, a nice pickup. Uh, Joey Gallo is the other one that I that I look at. Um, he's really put, you know, he's really improved his approach at the plate. Uh, he can play any outfield position. He can play first base. Um, power for days on that. Uh, um, I think he'd be a great fit for the Yankees if they're still uh, relevant come July 30th. Uh, Jay, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left, and we really appreciate your time. We're in conversation with Fangraphs, Jay, uh, Jay Jaffe. I, you know, I was telling people that these this next week and a half, and you know, I've been t- saying this for the last couple of days, how critical it is with the trade deadline coming up, because you want to send a message to the GM and the ownership group that you want to be aggressive. So 
you know, I was wondering about the Toronto Blue Jays and how aggressive they're going to be. But a team is sort of flying under the radar here, the Seattle Mariners. What's your opinion on, on the Mariners? What do they need? What should they do? Oh, man. And are they really in the mix? Or is this just sort of, nah, you're sort of playing well. But, you know, they're, they've had one of the longest droughts in pro sports history, bro, uh, making the playoffs. What, what do you make of this Mariner team? Do you like them? Or yeah, what should they, they do? Have- they have so many holes. I'm doing a series called Replacement Level Killers, and it's about all yeah. the all the all the positions where where these guys are dragging them down. So far, I'm, I'm three three positions into the list, and the Mariners have hit all three: catcher, first base, and second base. Uh, and they're going to be there. They're going to be there in two of the three outfield spots as well. That's twenty holes to plug up. So how are they doing this then? How do they do this? Yeah. How do they win games? Yeah, that's 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 a really good question. I'll, I'll get back to you when I figure it out. <laughs> you know, look, they've. They've got their. This is. I think they're kind of playing with house money here. Yes, there's a lot of pressure to make the playoffs. This is this is a bit early for the. Uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, the you know to expect them to to turn this. You know, they're long shots. We have them in our playoff odds. We have them with a four a four percent chance of making the playoffs. That's not something you go all in for. They're you know they're they're having a nice season. Um, we don't see them as much more than a 500 team right now. Um, I, I I think they could be smart and try to you know if they can guy, find guys that they can build for the future with, um, you know, I, that makes sense. But I don't think they should be trading prospects to get veterans and you know for for a long shot bid like this. Um, it's been an you know an intriguing season, and I, and, and I you know I, I think that they're on to something long term, but. Um, I don't think they can afford to push it and and just you know just go all out when uh, the odds of the odds of grabbing a wild card spot are are so are so narrow. Uh, final team, uh, uh, we'll ask you about Toronto Blue Jays. What's your opinion on them and their uh, postseason chances? I'm not looking at the division for this team, but what about them uh, maybe nailing down a wild card spot? Do you like the Jays' chances? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I've heard that they're going to be aggressive at the deadline, too. We've already seen them be aggressive in, in assembling this roster. The yeah. George Springer signing, the various, you know, the, the pitching stuff like that. Not everything has worked out, but, but you know, I, I, I can't fault them for trying, and I think that they will continue. Uh, to try to upgrade this team uh, and and pursue at the very least a wild card spot and 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 perhaps even um, you know a, uh, a division spot. They've got so much young talent on that team: Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, uh, um, Marcus Semien's been a great pickup. Um, there's there, uh, Te- oh Teoscar Hernandez, another one of my favorites. There, they got they got good players. So they're they're they're, they're going to be in this. And you know what? They get a nice uh, a nice boost of a shot in the arm, so to speak, of returning home, right? On trade deadline day, ironically enough, on July yeah, 30th. That should, that should be that should give them a bit of an emotional lift. Exactly. I, I yeah. Yeah. It's been 22 months. AJ, uh, thanks a lot. We really encourage people to check out uh, Jay's work. Obviously, you know, over at Fangrass, but uh, follow him on Twitter, Jay underscore Jaff. He's a great Twitter follow. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us, Jay. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, sure thing. Good talking to you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.
we've got some interesting stuff going on in our chat, which is uh, an actual uh, somewhat of a rarity, uh, I think, actually, with some of the nut jobs that we have, but some good basketball talk, talking about super teams. And that's what makes that's what makes Giannis's win uh, so great, actually. Like, let's if you look at the roster of the Milwaukee Bucks that won tonight, you'd have to say, like, this is off the top of my head, but let's look at past NBA champions. All right, last year's Lakers team. You had Anthony Davis. When Anthony Davis is healthy, when Anthony Davis is uh, healthy, uh, one of the best players in the league, right? You got LeBron James, one of the greatest players ever. It was kind of a two-man operation. I will, we will we'll kind of concede that. But nevertheless, nevertheless, you know, who had a better roster? This year's Milwaukee Bucks or last year's Lakers? If you take Giannis out of it, that's that's almost the thing. But I'm just stating, like, people can now, it's like, it's funny how people's reputations will change, right? Like, Kyle Lowry is a good example of that. Kyle Lowry used to be, like, ripped. Like, all the time. Like, even in Toronto, people didn't like him. And people in Toronto have a lot of nerve, actually, the way that they just sort of suddenly act like they've loved him the whole time. And, oh, Carl, it's like, dude, what are you talking about? You booed this guy. You ripped this guy. Him and DeMar, right? Him and DeMar. And it was a growing process for them, right? It's, 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 so, Chris Middleton, similar situation. Nobody's ever looked at Chris Middleton like a superstar before, really. Even though he's paid, like, like one, is he a star? But Middleton star goes up. True Holiday delivers that, that work. Uh, you know, exchange. Basically, blends the for Hall and then the toughness that. Another channel. One of those. Uh, one of those nights tonight. It is. It is what it is. <laughs> it is. It is what it is. Good thing to show. I'm doing it soon because how much more. Uh, how much more I can take before. I think I'm just in a good mood because Milwaukee Bucks and our account is uh, is looking pretty good. Although the account could always be better, right? The account could always uh, always be better. Um, we lost with the U.S. women's softball team tonight, but we we have put together a portfolio of um, of Olympic plays. I guess we'll get into that tomorrow because right now, actually, you know, we're talking NBA basketball and just you know, unbelievable. Giannis carries this team, and like I said, how reputations will change now with you know Chris Middleton, you know Giannis. Some people have been critical of Giannis. Well, he doesn't hit free throws. And well, I don't know. He seemed like he was seventeen and nineteen tonight uh, from the free throw line. You know, I've always said this. Basketball takes are the worst, right? People are going after Devin Booker right now. What the hell do you want from Devin Booker? He's like 24 years old, playing in his first ever NBA Finals. Devin Booker hasn't played in games like this before, right? Like, he hasn't played. Like, there's only one team that can win. Doesn't mean that everybody else sucks. The Phoenix Suns don't suck. The, you know, they showed a ton of heart tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks were just better. And I said this earlier tonight, and I think it's true. That and you know it was true. I was damn dead right, bang on when I said that the Bucks were tougher than they were, right? Oh, I don't know about that, Marinci. Yeah, whatever. 
You notice, though, like I said, how many people out of me and like how many, none of them are around after. Nobody ever says anything. They just keep running their mouth out of the next thing. But that's why I just ignore everybody now. I don't care. <laughs> like, I really don't care. I've realized that in life. Nobody cares about you. Right? That's why I've said at the end of every show. Other than that, you're on your own. People, you know, I don't think, you know, I mean, people don't wish you ill will. But in the end, if you're sick, you know, you're on your own. Right? When you're going... I, you know, I had surgery once, and I realized that I was going into surgery alone. It's like, well, that's, that's about it. <laughs> like, I, I woke up, I'm walking out of the hospital alone, out of surgery after. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's cold world. It's, it's, it's cold world, but people don't care, right? Like, that's, you know, in the end, people don't care. So, Joey Odessa, a good friend of ours, Joey Odessa, great MMA handicapper, obviously. Joey's on like a summer tour like Dave Sharapan was with the kids. You know, he's you know, he's in Orlando, he's going to Disney, he's doing all this stuff. But Joey will be joining us again in the future. But Joey once talked about that, and Joey's a big-time gambler. And he was talking about contests and like people on Twitter and stuff. And he basically stated like, he goes, I don't care. He goes, I don't do this for trophies or awards. He goes, I do this to make money. <laughs> and and he's bang on about that. He's bang on. So as long as you're making money, then it's all that matters. So are the Milwaukee Bucks going to repeat? Well, the odds makers don't think so. So we've got the numbers for next year right now. And I'll tell you what, next year is like now. All right? Like next year is actually now in the sense that we got the draft coming up in a couple of days. Free agencies like in, you know, free agencies in like less than two weeks. And Basically, training camps will open. We got the Olympics, and then uh, we're right back at it. So, in case you're wondering, these are the these are the NBA futures at FanDuel right now for next year. Brooklyn Nets are your favorites, and I tell you what, there's no value here at plus one ninety five. I don't know, like it's like I'm not going to say the odds makers, but if anybody bets on this, like you didn't learn your lesson, they'll get hurt again next year. They're good, but they'll get hurt again. There's no value plus 195 for the entire season. I wouldn't take the Brooklyn Nets plus 195 before the playoffs started. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, of course. Ooh, the Lakers, right? Ooh, the Lakers. I will say I think the Lakers will be better this year. LeBron, is this the year, though? You figure LeBron's got one more in him, right, with the right players around him. And it'll be interesting to see, obviously, over the next little while, with free agency, the draft, and trades. I mean, it's going to be the uh, it's the NBA shuffle coming up, man. Uh, it's big time. It was supposedly this monster free agency class. It really isn't um, when it's all said and done. But there's still some good players out there. The draft is interesting in the sense, word on the street is in the NBA that there's a few teams that are dangling the picks. Right? There's a few like the Golden State Warriors, essentially. Some people think the Raptors are in the same position, although I think the Raptors are going to hang on to the pick. Like, the, the Golden State Warriors are sort of all in. Curry's not getting any younger. Thompson's coming back. You know, like, the, basically, all right, now's the time. We don't really even want the seventh pick on our team type thing. Like, we just we got Wiseman already. You know, there's talk. You know, if they could trade Wiseman and the pick for somebody that's good to a team that wants to rebuild, Golden State would listen. The Raptors are very interesting. So these are the numbers right now. The Brooklyn Nets are plus 195. The Lakers are uh, the Lakers are six to one. Milwaukee are plus 850. The Clippers are 12 to one. And I saw Dr. David Chow saying the other day he wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi Leonard was out for the entire year next year. What are they going to do? He's a free agent too. You're a Clipper fan, it is. I got to tell you, I got no beef with Kawhi. Like I said, you know what I mean? He won a title for my favorite team, and, you know, obviously he was a major part of it. But he also stabbed us in the back, was the only MVP in the finals ever to leave. How are things working out for him? Not very well. He got bounced in the playoffs last year. He got hurt this year. Word is he's probably going to miss the entire year next year. And if you're the Clippers, what do you do? Not sign him? What do you want to do with him at this <laughs> I don't think I think I think he'll be back next year. I think he'll be back by the playoffs. I think he'll have a couple months before the season starts. I mean, before the playoffs start, where he gets his feet wet and he's ready to go. I don't see why not. It wasn't a full tear; it was a partial tear, and he'll be able to rehab it all. He's summer. done, bro. 
He's he has done. two good years left. He's, man. He has two good, solid prime years. He's, if anything, you know what? It's you know, like I said, it was a massive career mistake that he made. Massive, because he could have stayed with the Raptors and probably won another title, and his legend really would have grown, and would another would have been an MVP again. And he always, L.A. wasn't going anywhere. It's like going to fall into the the water one day, but not yet, right? Like, the Clippers aren't winning. I know you're a Clipper fan, but it's not happening, bro. And I said this about Kawhi in the past. Kawhi, you notice right now everything's clearing up? It's like weather. It's like, really? You notice, like, they have a shot. Everything's cleared up now. It's like, show's over in six minutes. It's the middle of the night. Hey, everything works now. <laughs> I, look, I swear to God, I look up at this. I'm like, this is as clear as I've looked all night. Yeah, it's like, I hey, you fine, right? Of course, everything's fine, right? Of course, it's like that. All night, it's been one, like, just sort of problem. Hey, good job by Matthias. We've been navigating through it. Good job by me for just rolling along with the punches, <laughs> I think. And uh, But it's just funny. I look up. I'm like, hi, oh, everything's fine now, of course. There's, like, literally four minutes left in the show. Uh, so, yeah, all right. So, numbers. Lakers. Lakers plus 600. Bucks plus 850. And, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not coming after you with the Clippers here. I'm just saying. Kawhi Leonard, bro, the guy's, like, what, 31 years old? He's going off on 51, all right? He's beat up. How many surgeries can this guy have? He's had more surgeries than a porn star. All right, like, how would, like, honestly, like, eventually it catches up, bro. Like, his knees are shot. Like, let's just be real. Like, and I lie, I'm not just speaking truth here. And, yeah, that's great if you're the Clippers. you got to pay max money to this guy. And if not, you're the big jerks. And, uh, like... And he's not even going to play for you. He's going to come back and get hurt again. The Phoenix Suns are twelve to one. The Warriors are thirteen to one. The Jazz are uh, thirteen to one. The Sixers are eighteen to one. The Nuggets are twenty-four to one. The Mavericks are thirty to one. The Hawks are thirty-five to one. Dude, the Toronto Raptors are a hundred to one. So are the New York Knicks. Come on, you're telling me the Chicago Bulls are one hundred twenty and the Raptors are a hundred? Suck it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day. and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply, actual speeds vary, and not guaranteed. Well, I'll tell you what, the NBA season is done, but Olympic basketball is set to begin USA and France Sunday morning, whatever time it is. We'll get you the exact time. <laughs> uh, I saw it's 12 and a half. I tell you, France are dangerous, too. I think France France can play with anybody. They're starting five are real good. You got Gobert, Batum, um, Nando Nicola, um, Rudy Gobert, obviously, is you know, going to be the best defensive player in the tournament. Um, France could be dangerous getting to, getting to 12 and a half. 
Um, as far as Kawhi Leonard is concerned, man, it's going to be a lot to talk about, guys. Basketball's not done at all. Basketball's not done at all because we got the draft coming up. There's draft props up, drafts, uh, props up at FanDuel. We're going to be all over that. It's really hard, though. This draft is an unpredictable one, and no one really knows. Who's going second? No one knows. I don't know. Evan Mobley, Jalen Green. Uh, supposedly the Raptors, uh, Jalen Suggs going fourth to the Raptors. Now there's talk about Scotty Barnes to the Raptors. It's really, really difficult. But as far as Kawhi Leonard is concerned, you know, we, we can spend a whole show on him in the next couple of days. Remember I said he's had more surgeries than a porn star? He's less loyal than a porn star. Like, you're better off dating a porn star than, like, expecting Kawhi Leonard to, like, be there for your team type of thing. Ask Popovich in San Antonio. He doesn't care. Ask the Raptors. He doesn't care. You think he's going to care about the Clippers? Like, oh, yeah, I love you guys, man. <laughs> Dude, he won championships with these other teams and didn't care about him. He didn't even talk to them and talked to them on the way out. He sent the coach a text message. See you, coach. He sent Nick Nurse. Thanks for everything, coach. I'm signing with the Clippers. Thanks. That's all he said. Like, he didn't even talk to anyone on the way out. You know what I mean? Like, you think he's, like, tied to, like, the Clippers? He might He might think, you know what? I ain't winning here. Uh, man, I only got two years left. I think you're right. When I said he's done, I'm not saying he can't play anymore. But and what are you going to do? If Kawhi Leonard and Uncle Dennis ask for a four-year contract, Max, it's like you can't stay healthy for four years. So is he going to accept the two-year deal? Like I said, if Kawhi Leonard's unpredictable and unloyal to teams he plays with. If you're a Clipper fan, I wouldn't be assuming. Don't go buy a Kawhi jersey tomorrow. I made that mistake. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. <laughs> Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 